So, Matt, a couple weeks ago, I was out in the the woods just kind of hiking around, and I got bit by this rabid deer. And it's odd now because every full moon, I turn into a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> and welcome to the graveyard thank you for joining us tonight my name is adam and my name's matt now pull up a tombstone or settle into your casket and get comfortable because this is graveyard tales (laughs) all right everybody welcome to episode 90 matt how are you man i'm good I'm good. It's good to be back in the graveyard. Yeah, it is. Can you believe we're at episode 90 already? 90 episodes. Yep, 90 Unbelievable. episodes. Uh, I, I don't think Matt or I thought we would make it to 90 episodes when we first started out. I didn't. <laughs> you know, I'm just being honest. Yeah, I had high hopes, <laughs> but, you know, you, you, there's always that thing in the back of your mind like, ah, this will last a year, you know? <laughs> Right. Yeah. It's amazing how fast it seems like it's gone by. I'll I'll bring up a topic and, and I'll be like, yeah, we did an episode on that a year and a half ago. And I'm like, Wait, yeah, what? dude, has it been that long? Yeah. I'm getting Facebook uh, like memories of episodes that we did. And I remember <laughs> the episode and I'm like, holy crap, that was a year ago. Really? Or that was two years ago. Really? Because. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it was that long ago. It's just incredible. I know. I know. I know. Thank you guys for listening and hanging with us for all that time. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. We wouldn't still be doing <laughs> it if it wasn't for y'all. So well, we do appreciate it very much. Um, and speaking of a long time, um, July 18th, 2020, uh, you've got a ways, but that is our live show in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee with Hillbilly Horror Stories. Um, they were gracious enough to ask us to do a live show again with them. So, uh, we're going to head up to Pigeon Forge and do the show there with them. Um, I will try to post a link in the show notes to that show so you can get tickets and get a little bit more information. But if you want to see us live with Hillbilly Horror Stories, then get you some tickets. Pigeon Forge is beautiful. Um, and it's beautiful country up there. So join us in the mountains for an evening of fun. Yeah. You know, you can, you can hang out with us, you know, before and after the show. Uh, we'd love to meet a lot of y'all and I uh, trust me in person, Adam and I are way more boring than we are on here. <laughs> well, don't tell them that no. and they won't show up. No, <laughs> it's no. true, but no, don't actually, tell them that. I, I, actually, actually, it's 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 a lot of fun, and and we have a lot of fun meeting you guys, and uh, you know, so so come on out, it, it'll it'll be a good time. Yeah, yeah, you'll have fun. We'll have fun. Um, speaking of fun, um, the Podbelly Network at Podbelly dot com. Um, go check them out. Um, we're new members of them, and they have a lot of information for you if you want to start a podcast or it. You know, they've got 
a whole bunch of podcasts on there that you might not have heard of. So go check them out. All different genres you can find podcasts from. It's podbelly.com. Um, also, remember that we are doing a listener stories episode for the week of Christmas. So if you haven't yet, you have two days. By the time this episode drops, you have two days to get us your story if you want us to read it on the show for that episode. So email it to us at graveyardtalespodcast at gmail.com. Put in the subject title there, holiday episode, tell us your story, and make sure you give us permission in the email to read it and or your name on the air. Um, we we want to try to make this the biggest one that we've had so far. So if you got a story, it doesn't have to be a ghost story. It can be just a weird paranormal or something that possibly could be paranormal story go ahead and send that to us and type it out let us read it on the show before we get into tonight's episode just wanted to remind everybody that we are dark next week um don't fear we'll be back in the week of christmas to give y'all the listener stories episode we were just talking about so dark next week hang out wait for us we'll be back go check out one of the other shows on podbelly.com so matt why don't you tell us, what are we talking about tonight, brother? So Savannah, Georgia may just be one of the most haunted cities in America, as one would expect from a city that's said to be built on its dead. There, Really, there are more than enough places that in Savannah that are considered haunted that Adam and I could spend months working through. But tonight, we focus on one place in particular— Now a hotel, this location's visitors have experienced everything from the strange and unusual to the downright terrifying, with some guests leaving and refusing to spend another night. Our topic tonight, the Marshall House. Oh, yeah. And if y'all haven't heard of this place, I think y'all will enjoy it because this is a this is another one of those locations that Matt and I would like to go to and do an investigation of our own because yeah. of the amount of activity that is here. Yeah, and it's pretty frequent. Oh, yeah. And I've I've never been to Savannah. I've always talked about going, but I've never been. seems like we talk about this, and I'm like, I've never been. <laughs> it's like Matt, Matt never leaves the house. <laughs> yeah, he barely gets outside of the city, so. <laughs> right, but now, I've not. I've, I've always talked about going. Now, my sister has been many times, um, and I asked her if she had been here, and she said, Lord, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but Savannah is a really cool town, and anytime, anytime you talk about Savannah, I usually will tell folks, you know, if you go and watch the movie Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, it gives you a really good picture of just how unique the city of Savannah is. And it only makes sense that a city like Savannah would be one of the most haunted cities in America and to have one of the most haunted hotels. In fact, I heard a comparison that they said this this haunted hotel may only be second to the Stanley Hotel, which is I mean, that that's a reputation to have right there. That's right. That's right. Uh, to be second only to the Stanley. That that's amazing. Um, so. We need to discuss the hotel a little bit, and then 
Matt and I decided it would be a good idea to give you some background on Savannah. Um, so we're going to do that. We're going to give you a little background on why this is one of the most haunted cities that you could ever go to. Um, so the the Marshall House Hotel, um, during the railroad boom of the 1840s and 1850s, Savannah actually doubled in size and population, um, which is incredible for a 10-year span for a city to double in population. So there was this real need for accommodations and housing. So a businesswoman by the name of Mary Marshall developed several properties in Savannah. And most notably, and the one that's hung around the longest, is the iconic Marshall House Hotel, which was built in 1851. Now, Mary Marshall and her estate leased and collected rents from the Marshall House until 1914. That was a long time for her. That is a long time. Uh, for her and her estate to own the Marshall House Hotel. Um, in 1864 and 1865, the Marshall House was actually occupied by Union troops led by General William Tecumseh Sherman. Um, and the building was used as a Union hospital for wounded soldiers until the end of the Civil War. And... I can't remember what episode it was, Matt, but we discussed the Civil War hospitals and the conditions that, you know, that were in these Civil War hospitals. Um, yeah, it was the it was Octagon Hall. Yes, that was it. That was it. Um, because they were not sanitary. Um, yeah. They didn't have the medicines, the anesthesia that we had now most of the procedures from the war included amputations and a lot of people died at these hospitals. So that yeah. brings a lot of negative energy and strong energy into a place. So to have that as part of your history just makes it more likely to cause a haunting. Yeah. And I read a description of what these, you know, these doctors had to do in order to save some of these soldiers' lives. And amputations were probably one of the most common procedures they had to perform. You know, sometimes digging digging a bullet or multiple bullets out of someone's arm or leg wasn't even an option. They were going to die before you could get that accomplished. So the right. only way to do it would be to take the limb and cauterize the wound. But there was no anesthesia. I mean, these guys, they're, they're spread out on a table, uh, biting down essentially on a metal bar. And they said they would typically give them a bottle of liquor and get them as drunk as they could before they went down for the procedure. Right, and they had um, to make the so, procedure as fast as possible. Um, That's right. So they, the bone saws that they developed during that time and the list and knife and everything was developed yeah. during that time so that you could get a limb off in, you know, a, a minute or a matter of a couple minutes, uh, which is just amazing. And yeah, I mean, the amount of blood and everything that would have to be in one of those hospitals is just insane. Imagine um, the smell. Uh, oh, God. No, thanks. I'm smell sensitive. I, I don't want to think about that. That's bad. <laughs> um, 
So we need, like we said, to talk about Savannah a little bit. Um, and it is considered to be one of the most haunted cities, especially, you know, in this area, let alone the whole United States. So I found a website, Ghost City Tours, and they go through talking about Savannah. So I figured I would get the information from them because they had some of the most succinct information that I could find. So back in 1733, when General Oglethorpe landed in what became Savannah, the area was already considered haunted. So the Yamacraw Creek Indians who lived in that area used the bluff that later became Savannah as a burial ground for their dead. Now, while the exact location of these Indian burial grounds isn't exactly known, um, the fact that Savannah was started on or near sacred burial grounds kind of started the trend for what holds through to this day. And it is kind of a trope now to say, oh, it's Indian burial ground um, that's causing all this trouble and blah, 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 blah. Because every, every time you hear a haunted story, you hear, oh, there was Indian burial grounds there. This is legitimately there were burial grounds there. Whether it, oh, yeah. uh, whether it adds to the hauntings or not, you can't say, but there were legitimately burial grounds at this site. If, if you want a haunted city, this is how you get a haunted city. Um, you know, the historical region of Savannah, a, a large portion of it sits on top of multiple cemeteries, and they estimate that it, it, it covers somewhere around 9,000 graves. Mm-hmm. I mean... Nine thousand graves. That's that's a lot. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, we're we're talking about, uh, you know, a huge area. I mean, this is this is multiple cemeteries that this this area of Savannah is built just right on top of. Right. So, and I mean, speaking of which, um, this article says if you've walked around the historic district of Savannah on a ghost tour or shopping, or anything like that, there's a pretty good chance that you have walked over unmarked graves. Um, yeah. When Savannah was a much smaller city, you would simply just bury your family members in your backyard or in burial plots outside of the city, city limits. Well, as Savannah grew, most of these graveyards were simply passed over. They it, People built upon them and forgot about them. According to many paranormal researchers, desecration of a burial spot could lead to a haunting or a ghost, according to this Ghost City Tours website. Now, what if the grave was desecrated 100 years after they died? You know, I mean, it's still, if you if you have a consciousness after death and you you realize that, oh, your grave is being desecrated, that will probably upset you. You know what I mean? That, that's not going to be... <laughs> Uh, it would me. It doesn't matter how long after. If you have a consciousness as such in the afterlife and you can come back, you're probably going to come back and uh, take care of people. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. This is a this is a hard concept. You know, maybe the idea that a spirit would lie dormant until disturbed. 
or or maybe you know that idea that you know there a spirit would would replay an event you know or something or just the the, the presence would be there and you know maybe there's nobody just hanging out routinely in a cemetery to notice this or right. they just assume hey there's some ghosts over there in that cemetery so i'm not gonna go just wandering through right until somebody a hundred years later decides well hey we're gonna build a house right here this is gonna be the best place to build a house what there was a cemetery here well how long ago hundred years ah I'm going to build this big old house right here. Yeah, right. And the next thing you know, there's some dude standing in your kitchen looking at you. You know, it's yep. like, what? what's the deal, man? You yeah, know? And <laughs> half the time, you know, these people that own these houses, own the land, have no idea. You know, the, the property developers and stuff right. are the ones that did it. And it could have been, you know, 25 50 years prior to the people moving in. So they have no idea what they're getting into or that they're on um, burial grounds in, in an old family cemetery. Could you imagine yeah. digging in your backyard to plant rose bushes and you dig up somebody's coffin in your backyard? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm out. Yeah. I, I like collecting, bones and macabre stuff but i'm not doing it that way not yeah no that that's a little Let's too open much open it yeah no i'm like why why <laughs> yeah let's just leave I'll it give there. you three guesses what's in there and the first two don't count right so there was also a bunch of yellow fever outbreaks in savannah they had a large share of disease and death ever since the founding of this city in 1733 um the disease that caused the most damage to the city was that yellow fever. Um, now, yellow fever is a viral disease which is carried by mosquitoes. Now, during the 1700s and 1800s, the medical community had really no idea what caused yellow fever or even how to treat it. Um, symptoms of yellow fever include muscle aches, bleeding, vomiting, and can progress until the victim is in a coma or suffering from delirium that's then followed by death. Now, in that swampy environment uh, of Savannah, you know, I mean, you're going to have a lot of mosquitoes. We got a lot of mosquitoes here, and it's not a real swampy area. So you go to a place like Savannah, Georgia, that's basically just a swamp, you're going to have a ton yeah, of mosquitoes. Coastal town. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um so the mosquitoes run rampant and a lot of them during that time carried yellow fever. Well, according to Dr. William R. Waring, uh, almost 4,000 people lost their life to yellow fever between 1807 and the great epidemic of 1820. On September 15, 1820, only 1,500 of the original population of 5,000 remained in Savannah. So yellow fever then continued to plague Savannah until the end of the 19th century. So if you can imagine that many people dying and being buried in Savannah, it's no wonder that city was built on graves, like Matt said. It's a ton of people down below your feet. Yeah. It's like walking through Paris. Yeah. 
Pretty much. You know, and all the, all the, you know, all the bodies that are in the catacomb. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, hey, we're just walking right over the top of them. Yeah, and I mean, it, it's just, at least there, the catacombs have, they've got their, that's their place. That's their place for their where body. They yeah, that's for the, where their body can be laid to rest. There's not any desecration of something being built on top of it. Um, here you've got bodies everywhere. Um, in Colonial Park Cemetery, there were mass graves set up for the dead from one of the yellow fever outbreaks. Um, if you read the sign on the site of this mass grave, it will state that almost 700 people were buried in the mass grave. The exact number, though, was 666 people. That's bad juju right there. Right. Not only did... They couldn't find one more guy. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, that that's all it would have taken. And you know... I mean, we just read that a ton more people died than 666 right. people. So, yeah, just wait 10 minutes. Yeah. And put somebody get, else get in. There. All right. All right. 667. We're good. Close it yep. up. Yep. No. Nope. Oh, man. That's- they closed it at 666. Um, yeah. Now, it says here that if you died from yellow fever and were lucky, you were placed in a coffin and given a proper burial. However, even that had its problems. Uh, one of the results of having yellow fever is going into a coma. So the victim's heartbeat would slow to a crawl and breathing was so shallow it was barely per- perceivable. So many times the people still alive were placed into a coffin and buried. So coffins. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. Coffins had to be uncovered from Colonial Park Cemetery, which have scratch marks on the lids basically showing that people were, they came to and were clawing at the inside of their coffin. See, that's one of my worst nightmares. It's just the idea of being buried alive. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm claustrophobic enough as it is. But just thinking about it, man, it makes, it makes my butthole pucker. No I'm kidding. telling you. I just like, oh, no, 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 no. We're not going to talk about being buried alive right is i can't handle it i remember i I remember going to uh to visit a mammoth cave in kentucky and you get down there far enough and it's bad enough where you're squeezing through these little tight areas it's lit you know there's an exit and so i'm i'm okay you know i'm doing good until they mention how deep we were Mm-hmm. And then I'm just kind of like, all right, all right, all right. I need, I need to go. I need to, I need to turn around, and I need to go the other direction. <laughs> so like, don't, just don't tell me. Yep. Just don't tell me that I'm this far under the ground because this just, I'm just, yeah. See, I'm getting, I'm getting kind of antsy just talking about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, um, we kind of discussed that in the Paris Catacombs um, episode as well. I, I can't do it. I, I can't be. In a cave like that, my claustrophobia kicks in way too much. Um, so one of the other things that made Savannah quite a bloody and death-filled city back many moons ago uh, was that the second bloodiest battle of the American Revolutionary War was fought right there in Savannah. On the west side of Savannah, the Siege of Savannah is, took place 
Now, in October of 1779, the French and colonial soldiers tried to retake the city of Savannah. The attack was repulsed by the British. During the course of the fighting, the French and colonists took almost 1,000 casualties. The British had about 150. So you can tour part of the preserved battlefields at the Spring Hill Redoubt. Even though Spring Hill is where the bulk of the attack took place, there has been evidence uncovered as far away as Madison Square that suggests the fighting took place there as well. Um, Now, of course, Madison Square is also thought to be the location of a mass grave of casualties from the Battle of Savannah. So this ties into something else that Matt and I have talked about as well is the, the wars, the Civil War, the Revolutionary War, all of those wars with that much death and blood and everything that seeps into the ground is going to cause a lot of energy to be stored in that area. So we've got multiple, multiple things that have happened in Savannah to cause, if you believe it, to cause so much ghost activity, paranormal activity. We've got the Revolutionary War deaths. We've got the yellow fever outbreaks. Um, It's just insane to think about how many bodies and how much death has occurred in savannah oh i know it's just it's amazing how much happened in this one city that we've talked about in other episodes about other places that would have a tendency to cause these paranormal disturbances and when you look at savannah you're just like and they've just they've got it in spades. Mm-hmm. Um, you know all, all the the you know the death and disease and war, all that combined. You know if if something if something's going to hold on to energy, that's going to be the place where it's going to happen. Okay, Matt. So let's take a minute to talk about tonight's sponsor, Shutter. AMC Network Shutter is a premium streaming video service super serving fans of all degrees with the best selection of horror and thrillers. Shutter's irrepressible and thriving community revels in all things provocative, evocative, and dangerous. From bantering with Shutter on social media and contributing fantastic, irreverent reviews to relishing in members only perks such as exclusive releases and VIP movie screenings, Shutter believes. There is safety in numbers. Don't be left in the dark alone. You can stream great thrillers, horror, and suspense for only $5.99 a month or $56.99 a year. Shudder has the largest, fastest-growing, human-curated selection of thrilling and dangerous entertainment. It is the Netflix for horror. There are new spine-tingling thrillers, shocking horrors, and edge-of-your-seat suspense added weekly you'll have unlimited access to stream ad free on all your favorite devices that includes iphone ipad apple tv xbox amazon fire and so many more amanda and i had a have a shutter membership and we love it Mm -hmm. and we're not the biggest horror fans but i love the thrillers and those suspense movies yep Man, I, I dig those. Um, and one of our favorite shows was A Discovery of Witches, which is a Shudder original uh, based on the books by Deborah Harkness. If you like 
vampires and demons and witches, go check out A Discovery of Witches. Yeah, I I really like that. After you told me about that, I went and found it, and that was fantastic. Um, Some of the other exclusives that Shudder has is uh, Creepshow, which is a Shudder original. They have Horror Noir, which is an original documentary from Shudder. And Lizzie, that will tie into one of our episodes. Go check out Lizzie, which is a Shudder exclusive. Um, They've got horror comedy collections and classic slasher collections. So they've got everything that you could be into. Now, you can try Shudder for free for 30 days. And all you've got to do is go to Shudder.com and use the promo code GRAVE. That's S-H-U-D-D-E-R.com promo code grave g-r-a-v-e so that's to try shutter free for 30 days go to shutter.com and use the promo code grave that's s-h-u-d-d-e-r.com with the promo code grave so matt speaking about holding on to energy in all that why don't we get into some of the hauntings here at the marshall house and and not delay this any longer (laughs) so uh so yeah so the marshall house in uh in savannah you know it as adam said you know it, it it was it was built back in 1851 1851 yeah it was built back in 1851 and you know for a building of that age and the number of people that you know passed in and out of it um it it it, it makes sense that so many of the stories uh surround that hotel because there were so many people there and there's so many people there now to witness these things and you know when you visit the Marshall house you know, you may experience, as other people have experienced, things like flickering lights, faucets turning themselves on and off, electronics suddenly powering up, disembodied voices, and toilets that overflow for no reason. Adam must have been staying there. Yeah, that was that was me. Sorry. <laughs> I, Although I, he had a good reason. <laughs> But let's talk about the the period of time while the Marshall House was a Union Army hospital. Now, during the time that the Marshall House spent as a hospital, the doctors, as Adam mentioned earlier, faced numerous challenges. Now, as, as amputation was a routine practice to save a soldier's life, the disposal of amputated limbs was an issue. So what, what do you do? You bury them. Hey, what a great idea. And so that's what they did until the winter of 1864 hit and hospital staff found it impossible to dig into the frozen ground. So now what do you do? Conceal the limbs under the floorboards of what is now the hotel. And that's fantastic, that's isn't it? Can you just imagine uh, that thought process of what do we do with these? Oh, let's just stick them <laughs> under the floor. That's what, right. What person says, I'm just going to stick this rotting arm under my floor? 
and just leave my it there. My kids. They're, well, okay. Okay. So, my kids. So we got children it's, that think that way. <laughs> I'm, done, I'm, done, I'm done with this peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I'll stick it under the couch. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> right. So, yeah. So so apparently my kids were these uh, the hospital staff back during the Civil War. Yeah. Because they mean, just said, just, hey, look, out of sight, out of mind, we'll put it under the floorboards. Makes and complete sense. They And they remained there until 1999 when the hotel was undergoing renovations and this secret was discovered. Can you Amazing. I, I mean, almost 150 years, these things stayed under the floorboards of this hotel. I mean, uh, I, I guess after a while, that stuff quit stinking. So, yeah, it takes a while, though. I mean, yeah, that, that's I mean, not it, a it quick ain't process. Overnight. No. <laughs> now, guests of the hotel have reportedly heard noises late into the night, and some have reported the smell of rotting flesh. Now, does everybody know what the smell of rotting flesh is? I mean, I do. You know, maybe you, maybe you, Adam does. Maybe you just smell something so putrid, you say, it smells like rotting flesh. So, I, I never had the rotting flesh scratch and sniff sticker when I was a kid, you know. Now, so, you I'm not really have, sure, but. They have um, silly scent markers now that have some, like, really bad scents, and Michael's obsessed with the silly scent markers. I'm surprised Is they don't rot, have. rotting flesh, one I'm, of them? I'm surprised they don't have that because they've got burning tire and rotten egg and rotten tooth oh God. scented. So Rotten tooth? Yep, they've got a rotten tooth scented one. So I'm oh sure the next God. one will be rotting Marshall House arm. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I, I, had, I had a skunk one when I was a kid, and, it, it, man, it was brutal. Yeah. And I. And I kept going to it. Oh, like sure. It was gonna be, somehow it was going to be better. Yeah. You like, think? I've done forgot how bad this is. I need to remind myself. <laughs> yeah. You're a dude. You keep going back to the bad smell. <laughs> uh, it's like the, the, see, when, uh, when I had those silly scent markers as a kid, the, the, they were all like fruit flavors except for the black one, which was licorice, which yep. was smelled terrible. Oh, yeah. It didn't <laughs> smell like licorice at all. Yeah, I mean, smell it, make you gag. But during these ninety nine, the the ninety nine renovations, rooms two fourteen, three fourteen, and four fourteen were the most affected by the odor, with four fourteen being the worst. Now the hotel had these rooms blessed, and that seemed to help in two of the rooms, but the smell in room four fourteen persisted. See, Adam must have stayed there too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was now, my favorite. Room. Air fresheners, <laughs> air fresheners, and deodorizers—they they were no match for this. The staff reported feeling bad vibes along with the smell. Bad vibes is an official paranormal term. <laughs> yeah. um, Unfortunately, it kind of is. Yeah, <laughs> you know everybody knows what that is. You know, it's like. You know, the willies, you know, it's like something is not right in this room. That's like the uh, but it's, Graveyard Tales uh, official term of bad juju. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but uh, but it's rumored that when the staff go into room 414 to clean, they play gospel music. 
because it seems to be the only thing that keeps out the odor and the bad vibes. Hey, you do what you got to do, you know. I mean, if that's the only thing that does it, I'll I'll be doing it. It's like, uh, you know, they're like, go up there and clean room 414. I can't. Why? Because I can't find my Gaither's Greatest Hits album. Yeah, right. (laughs) But um, others have reported seeing the apparition of a soldier wandering the halls, carrying his amputated arm in the other hand, and asking if anyone can help him find a surgeon. Yikes. I heard about that one, and when I heard about that one, I was like, that's got to be probably one of the weirdest sites you could come across as far as you know paranormal investigation or or even just unknowingly walking into something like that you've got a guy walking holding his arm his severed arm asking you for help that's just and and if i if i'm gonna build a haunted house i'm gonna hire this guy right right i'm like yeah you you're perfect you Mm -hmm. got the job so (laughs) but uh other visitors um, have been to the old operating room, and they reported seeing images of doctors working on soldiers that were brought in from the battlefields. And some say they have actually felt something grab a hold of their wrist, maybe uh, like a ghostly nurse checking for a pulse. See, that's oh, where uh, I think some of the bad smell comes from is because if I'm in an old operating room and it's dark and something out of the blue grabs my wrist, I'm probably going <laughs> to poop myself and cause a bad smell as well. Yeah. I love that they act like it It, it may be a nurse checking for a pulse because <laughs> everybody knows that you can't go to the ghost hospital if you have a pulse. Right. You know? <laughs> right. They're just making sure. I mean... Yeah. If you're alive, there's no admittance into the ghost hospital. <laughs> Which just makes me, but, for uh, some reason, think of Beetlejuice. I don't know why, but I just <laughs> thought of Beetlejuice. One guest actually reported seeing a shadowy figure in her room dressed as a Civil War soldier. With him was a little boy. And the guest said the little boy shouted at her to get out of my room. Well, which I'm she done. did. Yep, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, very hurriedly, I would imagine. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm the same way. You don't got to tell me twice. No. I mean, you know, if a ghost tells me, hell, if a if a voice tells me get out, I'm man, I'm leaving. You know, it's it's all right. It's cool. I'm I'm gone. You yeah. Know? <laughs> especially if it's a little kid. I mean, oh, yeah. I ain't having any of that, man. Yeah. We're gonna. We're going to get into some more of that here in a minute. Oh, I knew we were. (laughs) So a lot, a lot of the activity surrounds the fourth floor of the Marshall House. And and as we mentioned, room 414 was the worst offender when it came to the disgusting smells and, and that feeling of general unease. Now, the most common occurrence on the fourth floor is the sound of a large crash. This apparently happens a lot. This crash has been known to be loud enough to wake guests out of a deep sleep. It usually occurs early morning hours. A lot of uh, a lot of people report that it happens around 3 a.m. 
but no objects are ever found to be out of place and certainly nothing big enough to create such a loud noise. Now, other guests report hearing the sound of a hard rubber ball being bounced in the hallway or a marble being rolled along the floor. And footsteps have also been heard above guest rooms on the fourth floor, despite the fight. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. (laughs) Despite the fight. (laughs) Despite the fight. Despite the fact that there's nothing above them but the roof. So other guests have said they were touched while in bed, even while they were awake. Now, Touching is where I draw the line. You know, I yeah. can I can handle the noises and the smell, but don't touch me. Right. You know, I I mean, like I said, I'd, I'd love to visit this place. I'd love to have some really cool experience in this place. Just don't touch me. Okay? Yeah, I think that's I mean, one of the I, weirdest. If i touched. I, that's one of the worst things that probably could happen is to be grabbed or touched because... Not only is it freaky, but it's like an invasion of your space. You know, like you said, you can deal with the sounds, just keep your hands off. Well, my fear is always that if a spirit has managed to harness enough energy to physically touch me, Mm -hmm. what else can it do? Yeah, that's very true. You know. That's that's what I've always thought. You know, we've we've had stories of objects being moved and thrown and things like that. If there's enough energy there to cause that, you know, then then this could cause me bodily harm. Yeah. So I'm out. You know, I you know, I don't I don't scare easily from this kind of stuff, but just don't touch me. I mean, you know, that that's gonna that's gonna freak me out. Now, also on the fourth floor, guests have reported that doorknobs will jiggle as if someone is out in the hallway trying to enter the room. So not only are these spirits, you know, invading your personal space by touching you, they're they're rude. You know, <laughs> yeah, right. they don't they don't knock, they just try to come in. Now, Adam mentioned the original uh owner and proprietor Adam mentioned the original owner and proprietor, I can't talk, I am doomed, (laughs) um, of the Marshall House uh, was Mary Marshall. Now, behind the front desk hangs a portrait of, of Mary Marshall. Now, one particular story tells of a young girl who was staying at the hotel with her father. And while they were standing at the front desk, the girl pointed at the portrait and told her father, that the woman in the picture was the same woman she had seen in the hallway. And at that point, um, Marshall had been dead for several decades. Yeah. So, so, I mean, you know, that, that, that's a pretty creepy one. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, like when you look at a picture and you're like, hey, I saw her last night. You know, well, she's been dead for a while. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, that's fantastic. Is there any other hotels in this area? <laughs> So now we're going to get to Adam's favorite topic. Yippee. The the ghostly children. And oddly enough, the Marshall House is full of them, apparently. Um, you know, ghost children don't really play into an old Civil War hospital. And you know, I, I don't know how, but some people speculate that 
all of that energy pulls ghost children to it. So it's like, hey, this looks like a great place to hang out because there's so much energy there. Yeah. I don't know. I've not ever heard that before, but I read that while researching the Marshall House. So maybe maybe that's something else to consider. You know, if there's a a, a really uh, active haunting going on, most likely you're going to have some children. And, you know, a lot of the places that Adam and I have researched will have at least one child ghost, especially if it is a very active place. And, and it's not necessarily um, a child that was affiliated with, you know, the, that location. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but the Marshall house, it, it's got, it's got more than its fair share. I can tell you that right now. And the interaction with these spirits is a very common happening. Guests and staff have reported hearing children laughing and talking. Yet when investigated, there were no children registered at the hotel. Now, others have reported hearing the sound of a baby crying, despite there being no babies on the property. So, I, one guest stated... That, that's just too much, Matt. You know, I... Yeah. I, I Like we've talked about before, I'm not 100% sure why ghost kids get me, but if you've got a baby crying and you can't... Like, there's no baby there. You can't place where that noise is coming from. That is yeah. super creepy. Now, yeah. we've discussed baby crying and there not being a baby when we've discussed fey folklore and stuff right. like that. Um, and, you know, I, the more I read and the more I uh, get into this, Matt... Um, I feel like there's a bigger connection between paranormal ghostly activity and fey activity. There there seems to be some weird connection between those two, and I haven't figured out what it is, but they seem to be very similar in yeah. what happens during a paranormal haunting, quote-unquote, and fey interactions. I'm going to keep digging and I'll let you know what I come up with, but they're <laughs> there digging. I, I'm working. Don't, don't dig too deep in Savannah. You're going to find yeah, some dead I, bodies. I'm not digging in Savannah. I, I refuse to. <laughs> I don't, I don't need that, uh, that much bad juju. Yeah. But, um, one guest stated that her husband was awoken from sleep by the sound of a child giggling from the sitting area of their room. When he turned the lights on, there was no one there. Now, apparitions of these ghost children have also been seen running and playing through the hallway. When I stay at a hotel, kids running up and down the hall is one of the most disturbing things, mm-hmm. mostly because I'm afraid that it's mine. Okay? <laughs> right. And, and that I am, I am at somehow at fault for ruining everybody else's stay. <laughs> but nonetheless, you know, it's bad enough having to deal with live children running up and down the hall in a hotel without having to contend with ghost children doing the same thing outside of my room. Yeah, I mean, you know, who's, no thanks. Whose room are you going to go complain to for ghost kids? Right. Well, will the ghosts that's in charge of these ghost kids come out and take Yes, please. <laughs> Whippy's ghost kids. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, seriously, you know, what, do you, what are you going to do? You just have to live with it. Um, one guest named Christopher was quoted as saying, my fiance and I stayed at the Marshall House for one night over the summer. At the time, we didn't know its history and just saw that it was a cool hotel for a pretty inexpensive price point on Expedia. That night, laying in bed and watching TV, we heard what we assumed were families out in the hall. It sounded a lot like children running around and people talking very loudly, which was odd for 12 a.m. However, when I looked, there wasn't anyone there. We heard the same sounds intermittently until we fell asleep. I wouldn't call the experience scary, just weird. But, and he's right, you know, it may not be scary. But it is extremely weird because you certainly don't expect to hear that going on and then you open up the door and there's nobody mm-hmm. there. So there is, there, there is a really infamous story about a mother and son who stayed at the Marshall House Hotel. Now, in this story, the boy's mother was in the bedroom and her son was in the bathroom playing and talking to himself. Now, her son then came out of the bathroom crying and she asked him what was wrong and he said, that boy bit me. So the mom, kind of confused, says, what boy? And then he said, the one who I was playing with in the bathroom. So the boy's mother quickly went and looked in the bathroom and didn't see the boy that her son said he was playing with. But when she looked at her son's arm, she found that there was a bite mark. She later found out that this was not the first case of strange bites at the Marshall house. There had been other guests who had been inflicted with a child-sized bite mark that was done with so much force that a bruise was typically left, and each time the bite mark was on the spot of the body that would have been impossible to reach unless you were some kind of contortionist. Hmm. So it, it wasn't possible for any of these people to have bitten themselves and come up with a great story. And look, I, I, I don't know that I could bite myself hard enough on purpose to cause a bruise. Yeah. So, I mean, that would be kind of, I mean, I I think I could probably do other things to myself um, to 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 feign an injury, but I don't know that I could bite down on my own body hard enough to cause a bruise. But yet these bites were on people in places um, that you couldn't do. Another a, another telling of this same story um, I heard uh, that was related by a tour guide on one of the ghost tours. And his version of the story says that the bite was on the child's elbow, like on the end of the elbow. So everyone right now, I want you to go and try and bite your elbow. Yeah. You, you done? Yeah. We'll, we'll give you, you time. You can't, <laughs> you can't do it unless you can dislocate your shoulder. Right. Um, you can't really do that. So, um, so yeah, I mean, you know, if if that story is true, and like I said, it's a very common story, and it and it's used a lot in the ghost tours. Um, you know, if that really happened, <laughs> yeah, that's that's really really strange. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and plus, now if I've got a child ghost running around the hotel biting, that's the worst. Yeah, I mean that to me, biting is worse than just simply getting touched by a ghost, because then at that point they legitimately are doing some type of physical harm to you. So that would mean if we're going off the the rules or the laws of paranormal activity here they have a ton of energy and if they have enough energy to create a bruise on you by biting you that that's that's a lot of power in a in a little kid ghost yeah and it and it makes me wonder so if if the city if that area the historical area of savannah is built on top of all these graves do they serve as some type of battery for energy? I mean, you know, we, we said it's an estimated 9,000 graves. I don't think there's 9,000 ghosts running through the streets of Savannah just picking places to haunt. But if there are any ghosts really there, are they pulling energy from all of the, the graves that are below the city? You know, would that produce almost like some kind of strange paranormal battery that could feed this kind of energy? I mean, it's possible because, between that and the the energy that was left through the war and everything. Yeah. I mean, it, it's if you think about the stone tape theory, it's that Earth has collected a lot of energy over the centuries. So yeah, I, and, I wouldn't put it past it, you know. And it's right on the coast. You know, there's a lot of water there. You know, it's it's kind of marshy, swampy in, in certain areas. I mean, there's there's a lot going on that, again, like we said at the top of the show, you usually find one or two of these things that, you know, paranormal investigators will tell you, you know, boy, you know, that just, you have something like that and... You've got a chance to have a haunting. Well, you know, Savannah seems to have it all. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody said there were like a dozen ley lines in this city or something. (laughs) It's like, oh, well, then, you know, it's it's just it's just magic, Mm -hmm. you know. So I'm but I mean, you know, in all seriousness, there are a lot of these things that have happened in this one particular area that. Again, if you believe in this stuff, it would make you think, oh, well, this this is a this is the reason. Right. This is the reason all this happens there. Now, now, there are other ghosts that are prevalent in the Marshall House. There's said to be a female spirit that haunts one of the ladies rooms um, with a with one guest reporting the stall locking by itself. Uh, Arthur. Joel Chandler Harris, who wrote the uh, the Uncle Remus stories, you know, Br'er Rabbit mm-hmm. and Br'er Br'er and all that. Um, he was a frequent guest at the Marshall House, and, and it said that guests have heard the sound of an old typewriter clicking in the room where he stayed most often. The apparition of a well-dressed gentleman reading a book by the window has been seen, as well as a woman uh, dressed all in white wandering the hallways. And... Not to be outdone, there's also a ghostly cat that roams around the hotel. So, with everything else, know, why not? You know, you name it, they got it. So, um, you know, the uh, 
the Marshall House, it, it really, I mean, it, it. So many people have have had experiences there, and you know, some of them, like I said at the top, they're just weird. They're unusual. They're they're certainly unexpected. If you're just kind of saying, "Hey, we're going to pick a place and stay for the weekend," mm-hmm. um, but yet some of them are are terrifying and one of the the ghost tours i actually you can watch a lot of these ghost tours on youtube um you know this particular tour guide said that he had some guests on one of his tour that said uh they were guests at the marshall house but they weren't going back because the first night that they spent there was so scary that they weren't sure where they were going to stay that night Hmm. um you know, so some people have terrifying experiences. Look, if if I get bit, yeah, no joke. You know, I'm I'm not going back. No joke. You know, I'm not going to be a glutton for punishment. Don't hell, I mean, you know, if if a regular kid bit me, I probably wouldn't go back. <laughs> right. <laughs> Much right. less a ghost kid. That's absolutely. I'm out. Done. Now, thanks, but no thanks. But but a a really cool place uh, in in a really cool city. I'm sure we've had plenty of listeners that have uh, visited Savannah. Hell, we may even have some that live in Savannah. Um, and and you guys might have stories that Adam and I didn't touch on tonight. So if you do, like we always ask, please share them with us. Yep. You know, share them with the rest of the group. You know, everybody loves seeing these personal experiences. You know, especially if you've if you've stayed in a haunted hotel like the Marshall House, right? And Matt and I will probably have to touch on more places in Savannah with the history that it has, we will probably come back to Savannah at a later date. Um, But like Matt said, let us know what you think of the Marshall house. Um, Let us know what you think about Savannah. Um, Hit us up, email us, um, Facebook messages, tweet at us, uh, all that kind of stuff. You can get in touch with us there. We want to thank our sponsor shutter. Um, Please go check them out. Uh, I think we've got a lot of listeners that would in, enjoy uh, the Shutter streaming service. And go check out our website. It's graveyardpodcast.com. And on our website, you can listen to the show. Uh, you can learn a little bit more about Adam and myself. You can find links to purchase Graveyard Tales merchandise. And you can become a patron. And thank you to everybody who has donated to the show. So until next time. We'll save you a seat in the graveyard. See you soon.